Welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. I am your host, Matt Polanski. With me, as always, Josh Wilson, Bono GP. Couple quick housekeeping notes. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a five star rating and review. Really does help. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Red Sector MotoGP. Uh, if Bono remembers to upload this to YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button. Uh, but on that, we're going to get into the why we're all here to talk MotoGP. For that, guys, how are we doing today? Yep, uh, excited to be back, you know. Summer break, quiet. We, I was expecting more news out of MotoGP, but, you know, it's all spilling out now all of a sudden. We, so We didn't um, get a lot, but we got the biggest news ever. Yeah, we did, right at the end. Um, but, yeah, it's good to be back, and... I don't think this MotoGP race disappointed. To be honest, it was it, it was good. It was good. It was good. Good to be back. Yeah. On from that, my mood was great when we last recorded. Um, the Red Sector curse came in where we recorded yeah. an episode and we were like, before we recorded, what we what we tend to do is be like, okay, let's just conclude we've not missed any big news. So we, me and Matt, sat there, went through everything. Like, no, no, we've not, we've not missed anything. And we recorded the episode. And the following day, I'm there editing away. And then I get a notification through saying, Valentino Rossi has called a press conference. <laughs> and literally, my heart sunk at the same time of thinking, <laughs> my absolute everything, my God, my idol, my my just absolute everything in life may be finishing. And at the same point, we could have been on the ball and recorded the day after and been breaking news on it. And we weren't. So it seems like we're really late to the news now doing a podcast that should be out Monday, midday-ish for people in the UK. We, I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. But be point being, we're not really behind on the news. We just, we pick the worst days. We always... In, in <laughs> retrospect, we pick the worst days in existence to pick mm-hmm. a day of recording. We just always do. So if anyone wants to know why we're ironically always late to the news then speak to dorna because dorna seemed to wait for us to upload and then go rossi call a press conference now they've done it call a press conference straight away so um yeah in general i'm feeling really bad but you know we move the race was great which took away a, a bit of pain but no i'm still i'm still massively dented on the inside and that news, if you've been living under a rock, uh, is that Valentino Rossi, after 26 years in MotoGP, is finally calling it quits after this season. Um, I, I feel like it's something we knew was coming as Bono, you know, sobs in, you know, into his shirt right now. Uh, I feel like it's something we knew was coming. I mean, he's 42. He's got his own team come next season. Yeah, you know, yeah. There was speculation: will he race for his own team? Um, and I love whenever they ask him in the press conference, "Yeah, you know, was there talks to race for your own team?" It's like, who did he talk to himself? <laughs> to be fair, he did have the option. He did say in the press conference, he said, "I I could have raced with my brother, meaning Marini, um, in my in my own team next year." But credit to the man in thinking. He could have just gone, you know what, it's my team. I'll go for another year. He could have gone for another five years if he really wanted to. It's his team. He can do what he wants. <laughs> but he just turned around and said, look, the results aren't where I want them to be. And 
I want to go do something else. So yeah, you want to go. And if and, if anyone deserves, yeah, if anyone deserves the right to just call it when they want and say, you, you, honestly, I'm not just saying this as a massive Rossi fan. I think it'd be a bit arrogant for him to go on for five or six years and be at the back all the time. But it would also be very arrogant to turn around and say, well, hang on, that's not fair. Because that 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 guy has changed this sport from just motorcycle racing into a global mm. just phenomenon of a sport. Like the, the sport has gone from like, you know, I can't even put it into words that what he's done. So I think if anyone deserves the right to turn around and say, I don't want to do it anymore. Fair enough. Like if he'd have turned around after his ninth world title and just gone, no, I don't want to carry on in 2009. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. The fact that he's gone on for so long after that, nobody's really questioned it in a way of like, oh, come on. Like, you should be calling it a day now. Everyone that knows the sport well enough and knows what he's done has kind of been like, fair enough, carry on. Call it when you want to call it. I mean, he's 42, like you say. And now the results have dropped off. And I think it's like what everyone's been saying in that his pace is as good as what it's been. It's just everybody else is getting quicker. And that's something that, you know, time catches up with everybody eventually. And you've only got to look, I know we'll get to that, but you've only got to look at the guy that's won today and think, wow, like the kids coming through are dangerous. If you're 42 years old and trying to keep up with this this group, you've got a big task on your hands because every year there's just new talent that comes in and just breaks through to another limit. Mm. I mean, we've got the quickest ever lap around the Red Bull ring this weekend from a rookie. That that in itself speaks for where the sport's going and what direction it's going. So, yeah, I mean, I've said my piece and I've said it on Twitter and whatnot, but I'm I'm good. But at the same time, I can't be any more proud in a way, looking back and thinking and knowing I've watched Rossi win in the flesh. That is something that not many people in years to come will be able to say or like, you know, kids growing up now that might look mm. back and think oh that guy won nine world titles i can sit there and say i i watched that guy win in the flesh and that is something that i'll cherish forever so yeah massively good but at the same time happy for the guy and like you said it's better that he goes out at his own you know on his own instead of you know what usually happens where it's like well, they want to keep going, but they can't find a team. Nobody wants to give them a ride anymore. As well, yeah. more importantly, especially after what we've had this year, it's nice to see. And I'm not trying to be negative, but it's the best thing about it is, and fingers crossed for the next nine races, but I want to see the guy leave unscathed. I want to see him leave safe in one piece and it not get to a point where he's dangerous for his own good. Do you know what I mean? I don't want him to be too slow that you know and it, it's not that drastic but you can be that slow that you're dangerous for yourself in certain aspects do you know what i mean so it, it's it's nice to know that he's going to leave such a dangerous sport unscathed after 26 years and be so successful so yeah that is a important thing for me anyway i think that's massive that he's leaving you know he's had, he's had a fair few injuries not as many as danny pedroza but he's um yeah it's nice to know that he's going to leave in a good place. I mean, he's yeah, going to he leave get... in a good place financially, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, gets to leave going... on. Oh, good. 
Yeah, I was gonna say still be a bit. It'll probably still be a bit about 2015, but I think he mentioned it in the press conference, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's by the by, I guess. I'm sure nine yeah. world titles won't be too bad to leave. On, <laughs> you know what I mean? 199 be... podiums would hurt yeah. me though. It would, yeah, it, it would, but at the same I'd, time, I'd he'll probably look to his left and see, <laughs> he'll see 199 Grand Prix podium trophies and be like, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's like, it's you not know bad. what I mean? That's just, yeah. that, that, to just reiterate, that is Grand Prix top class. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not, not, that's not yeah, that's, that's not 250s, 125s, 500, that's, well, it is 500, sorry, like, that's just 500s and MotoGP, that's the top Top class, top class, hundred and ninety nine podiums. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. Like, especially when we're in a sport, as opposed to F one, where you need to be in a top team to get that chance. Unless you're like, you know, by the by, sort of the stars align, like Gasly at Monza, where you find yourself in a position of going, "Oh my god, I can win a race." Do you know what I mean? regularly you need to be in a competitive car to even think about getting on podium rossi won a world title on a satellite bike yeah yeah that that in itself is incredible incredible but i mean think of the rivalries he's had as well like he's through the ages yeah like he's he's gone through biaggi you know jibber now Stoner, Marquez, Lorenzo, like the guy has fought off so many different people and come out on top every time. I mean, people will be like, oh, but Marquez. And it's like, well, he beat Marquez in 2015. You can call it what you like. He beat Marquez in 2015. Um, and he was also fighting Marquez at like 35 onwards. Let's yeah. see how many other people you can name at 35 onwards can challenge the best up and coming rider in the world. Do you know what I mean? Not no one can do that. I can't name you one person that can do that. So Hamilton. You know. Well that's what I mean in F one. Hamilton and Verstappen. But it, that exactly. If you put Hamilton in a Red Bull, right, and then said fight Verstappen in a Merc of like the previous few years, not now, not not talking now Red Bull, I'm talking the least the, the less competitive Red Bull, you'd be like, he's got no chance. It, the, the Merc will always come out on top, but he managed it one year. You'd be like, oh, fair play. That's Rossi. But I don't want to talk F1. Anyway, I know, I'm, I know I'm spouting on about Rossi, but if there's one time I'm going to spout on more so than ever, it's Rossi. So, yeah. Yeah, so we'll get uh, we'll get right into the racing day. We'll start with Moto3, like we always do, uh, in what was the Acosta-Garcia race. Yeah. Because I don't know what else happened. Because the TV feed sure wasn't showing it. Uh, our podium, Pedro Costa wins, followed by Sergio Garcia and Rom- Romano Fanati, uh, who passed Jeremy Massier on the last corner to get third. Uh, like I said, this race, at one point, as I was watching it, I just realized, I had the thought of, like, I have not seen another rider other than Acosta and Garcia for about five minutes like what is happening in the rest of this race it was crazy yeah i mean you did have darren binder who everyone thinking about a quarter of the way through the race might might be in the the battle just never come at some point but it just it didn't it didn't dry up quick enough to the track no for it to happen 
yeah but, it's um it's it's a weird one because it I, I was sitting there almost like everyone else being like okay it's gonna dry it's gonna dry now and then you were kind of like okay we'll wait a few more minutes you're like it looks bone dry why what's happening and the weirdest part is is Acosta and Garcia were just like now nah, we're just gonna keep gapping gapping a gap and you're like mm-hmm. where's the grip where are they finding this grip i, yeah, I know I, I just it was baffling because visually it, it didn't look right it didn't look like it added up you had um, the, you had like a lap darren would be like darren binder's matching acosta and garcia and then the yeah. next lap it'd be darren binder's half a second off acosta yeah. and garcia and then there was at one point it was two seconds quicker than everyone yeah but he just didn't move up and i'm like where you, where's this two seconds coming from but <laughs> Yeah, it, and... it, really weird race in general, to be honest, Moto3, because it was like what I expected Moto2 to be, and mm. Moto2 was what I expected Moto3 to be. Yeah, and MotoGP was, was what I expected Moto3 to be. It was really <laughs> weird. Like I expected a big group in GP that wasn't. I expected it to be really spread out in Moto2. It wasn't. And I expected Moto3 to be really bunched up, and it wasn't. So... <laughs> Um, I mean, it kind of yeah. was because Acosta and Garcia were, you know, right next to each other the whole yeah. race. But yeah, they were like other dudes. than that, they yeah. yeah they had a 15 second gap back to the uh, yeah. to third place. And but you know, Garcia goes down on the last lap in the second to last corner, ante penultimate corner. I had to look that term up once. The penultimate corner is the last corner. The corner before that is the anti-penultimate corner. <laughs> um, I thought the penultimate corner was the one before the last. Because, like, penultimate lap to me is when there's two laps to go. Uh, so I thought penultimate right? was the last one. I always thought penultimate meant the one before the yeah, last. Yeah, I think the... Unless, unless you Americans are doing something or... different, I don't know. Probably. But to me, penultimate... Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Penultimate... I swear, but yeah, penultimate like is is like the second to last. Okay, it's like so, the... Matt. Forget all your okay, so... anti-penultimate. The penultimate corner, he crashed. It's like the penultimate race of the season. Penultimate, be... yeah. The me- on Google, penultimate meaning the very last. No, yeah, but the but penul- penultimate, is penultimate second to last. race of the season would be like Sopang. whatever the. Sepang. Yeah, or like I don't know if that is or whatever it's year. gonna be this yeah, season. Yeah. But like for the for F one, the penultimate race of the season for me is Interlagos or Interlagos, yeah. whatever you call it. Many people use penultimate to mean the very last or very best. They're wrong. It literally says they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. God damn it. For context, for context for everyone listening, Matt's just turned around his camera, which he never does to try and like prove that prove it a point. That. and then it just reads at the bottom they yeah, are wrong. wrong yeah when you actually go down to the webster dictionary it actually yeah it's next to trust lap. us matt trust us matt we're, we're speaking english speak the trust the englishman yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go with us <laughs> but yeah on back onto the racing garcia crashed at the penultimate corner um but it was weird because i really thought acosta was going to go for it in the Penultimate, penultimate, penultimate corner, <laughs> if you like. The last the left hand, oh, yeah, the left hand, yeah. the second left hand, because mm-hmm. he looked like he was going to. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know if he's going to get it done. He's going to have to go for the last corner. And right. then in the penultimate one, he, he did. But Garcia just kind of, I think he wanted a bit more grip, didn't he, too early on. But it's weird yeah. he didn't high side 
The front end just yeah, washed just underneath it. it over. The but bike went it, out from under him. Yeah, it happens, I suppose, because obviously they were on the dry line. He probably just got on the wet patch. And even though they had wet tires, did they get wet, wet tires? tires? Were they, yep. they were wet tires. Yeah, they were wet tires. Because well, um, um, I don't know. But he's still yeah, no, the fact, the fact that, he recovered not, I mean, was incredible. And he, I'm so happy. Yeah. He kind of crashed keeps out. Going. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, he crashed out, picks the bike up, fires it back, like run running starts it, gets on it, and still finishes ahead of third place. Can't believe yeah. it. He still had like gravel coming out the back of it. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do reiterate what Josh said. Like when he crashed, I was like, I hope he gets this going and at least gets like top five or something. I was just because I think Garcia has been that not dark horse, but he's just been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Like, has he won two races this year? I think. Yeah, like he's one, he, two he's the Le one and... keeping Moto three yeah. interesting in yeah, terms of the championship sure. because he's the only one that's bringing the not... fight to. Yeah, I was expecting Messiah to be what Garcia is now. I, I was yeah. expecting a full on IO like Moto two. I was expecting a full um, Aki IO team duel, but. You know, I think Messias, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like Messias kind of accepted his his feet on that one. I think he's just gone, I've mm. got no match for him and just taking the results as he goes and putting good enough results in to maybe get a call up to Moto2, possibly. Yeah, he possibly. I thought, yeah, I think that's oh. very much possible. Uh, yeah, and uh, that just reminded me, uh, some news we didn't get to, uh, Raul Fernandez, KTM yeah. next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awful um, timing. So there Shocking will be time, yeah. two seats open. We'll come to that definitely. in uh, the Red Bull Ajo team in Moto Two. So Masia could get one of those seats. I I guarantee you, Pedro Acosta is getting one. Yeah. Oh, well, it, yeah. They, they said that, to him though, if if, yeah. if he's ready. Yeah. If he they said if he if, wants another year in Moto Three, then he can. I mean, it'd be so weird. I don't think he'd do it because obviously now marketing and everything's massive, but. I've not. I wonder what the last time would be where a, a lightweight class champion has stayed in that class. And mm. I could be wrong, but I feel like he's. I don't know if you know the name, Josh, but Gabor Taumashi from the one two five. You're talking two thousand and seven. I think he won the one two five, and I think he stayed there. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Either way, it's very rare to see a, a champion stay nowadays to stay in Moto three and. You know, not well, no one does it. No one, especially it if, three. It, especially like looking like he's going to win so convincingly. Yeah, there's been I mean, nothing like, else for him to prove in Moto three. I think if it's it's like Fabio Quattararo won the Junior World Championship at fourteen, and he was too young to go to Moto three that they, he had to stay in fifth uh, on for when he was fifteen. Yeah, and he won every race barring two, and the two he didn't come first and he comes second, he just blitzed the field. And I feel like Dorna might look at it and be like. We can either make this kid out to be that he's he's rinsed Moto three, and it seems too easy, and he's not too easy, but he is basically god, like he's the next big thing, or they'll see it as if he goes to Moto two and he's competitive at seventeen, then everyone's going to be going like this could be like the Verstappen of GP, like yeah. he's going to be in GP when he's like eighteen as, as early as he possibly can. And, do you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a massive marketing thing for for Red Bull. But I, I don't mean to jump classes, but that does allude to what we've spoke about so many times in that where's he going to go? Yeah, exactly. It's right, the whole, where, where's it's he gonna the go? whole why of the Sam Brad Binder for yeah. another three years. 
But let's not get onto that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh got us. Real quick with the uh, Moto 3 standings, as uh, Josh alluded to Costa, 183. Garcia, 130. After that, Fanatis has 96. So he's got so, 53 gap. Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. So, I mean, Garcia's points. trying to keep it close, but. I mean, if Acosta gets on the podium again at like Red. Uh, Spielberg, Red Bull Ring, what you want to call it, next week. It's just going to be like... But she probably like, will. You're going to have to put, like, pin tacks down and outside his garage or something to, like, stop him. It, I, I, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to take an Acosta DNF, really, and a Garcia. You're going to have... You, you have to not finish. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. To right, rider of the day, guys. What, what are we thinking? Um... I you, you said go with... that everyone's going to pick the same one. So I'm I think so. I mean, well, I say that. I mean, I nearly want to say Garcia due to his heroics at the last corner. Um, <laughs> but probably Sasaki for me. Okay. Finishing fifth, yeah. starting. He was quite top... strong through the weekend. To be fair, I think yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, to let me just talk. I think he started fourteenth. Yeah, he started fourteenth and he made it through to fifth, which you know. Strong result, really, especially in the wet. Challenging conditions, so... Matt, who you yeah, saying? I'd give it to Sasaki. Uh, I'm going to give it to Darren Bender. Uh, to be the highest finisher on slick tires in a wet track, like, they, when they would cut away from Acosta and Garcia and they would show Bender, like, the way that bike was moving underneath him, just slipping around all over the place, and he's able to fight it up into sixth place... Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Max Koffler because he yeah. was, if memory serves me right, he was 10th in Q1. Right, That's where he finished. And he actually got 9th at the end, which mm-hmm. in those conditions and an Austrian, the only Austrian on the whole in the whole paddock, actually, on a very, very uncompetitive bike, that CIP Green Power KTM bike is not a very big funded team or, you know, it's not a massive team. Young kid kind of, you know, not really had amazing results to put himself on the, the, the stage, if you like, in those conditions. Tenth in Q1. What is that? How many riders are there in Moto3? Is it 32? 30? Uh, in Moto3, there's 26. 26. So what? He's he's qualified twenty second and finished ninth. <laughs> Pretty solid result that on a on a bike like that, and just a good result for being a home rider as well. I suppose. Yeah, and I mean to beat his teammate Katatoba, who you always seem to hear is up towards the front. So yeah, I I can see that one. Uh moving up to Moto Two, uh, we have a podium of Marco Be- yeah Marco Bezzecchi. Aaron Kinnett and Augusto Fernandez, not Raul for a change. Um, Remy Gardner finished fourth. I mean... The only race of the season to have no IO rider on the podium. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that just says it all, really. And he he was in the lead. He he was up there. He was fighting uh, Bidzeki, but it just came down to... Going into turn four, he got went in too hot, almost like rear-ended Benzeki, 
and just had to take struggling. it. Yeah, he was struggling to keep hold of Bezeki. I think when Bezeki got in front, it was like Bezeki started putting a bit of a pace forward, and with the conditions, Garner just couldn't really keep up with him. And I think with the form that he's on, he kind of wants to not let any points go. I think that's what kind of came into it. It was like, yeah, Bezeki might be a, the only title challenger. I need to be with him. If I get in front of him, but can it wins? Fine. Do you know what I mean? But. Yeah, bit off more than he could chew, I suppose, but still a solid result, to be fair. Like, say that he put it in the gravel, but Ralph Fernandez seventh, which is weird. Yeah, but... I think, I think probably, you know, the, the events of him being announced as a Tech Three rider, maybe that yeah. just kind of clouded his judgment this weekend. I think as I think. well, like, let's not forget the guy's a rookie. Like, mm. you know what I mean? We're, we're still talking about a rookie here, like, a rookie in those conditions. And with all the pressure of, like you say, with the announcement and whatnot, I still think seventh's a solid result. I, th- I still think it's pretty decent. Not for his championship, but in general terms, I think seventh's mm. pretty decent. So, it's conditions as well. That's what I mean. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the track, the track was drying. You could see kind of a dry line, but it wasn't like you know the best conditions out there. I mean, the weather report leading up into the race, like, I don't know if you heard it on PT Sport, Josh, but they were they were sitting there at the end of Saturday and they were like, no matter what, there will be three wet races tomorrow, whatever, because the, there were some riders turning around like, oh, I really hope it's dry. And like Neil Hodgson and everybody was just like, no, it it will be wet no matter what. It was Petrucci-like, please be wet, please yeah. be soaking. <laughs> and they, they were like, it will be wet. And we just had three, I say three, but there was no out and out wet damp. race. Yeah. So, yeah, the weather's it, uh, pretty unreliable. Yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, looking at our nationality uh, riders. I was going to coin this one um, Anglo Watch, something <laughs> along them lines. But uh, either way, it's not good, is it? Doesn't matter what you call it. <laughs> Especially not that your side of the point, pond. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, Jake <laughs> Dixon finishes 11th. Sam Lowe's finishes 14th. So, in the points, at least. Good yeah. result for Jake, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, Personally. Jake is the, the exception, I think. Strong result. Yeah, it, it's weird seeing Sam Lowe's at low. I just, it's, it's so like surreal. I mean, he, he doesn't suit this. I'm not just making an excuse for him, but Sam is not the kind of guy to suit a track like this, right? Sam, a lot of heavy braking. Sam carries a lot of corner speed and, you know, likes, I mean, used to back it in like mad, but do you know what I mean? He's, he's fast flowing tracks, like your Austins and places like that, I think suit Sam, but hard braking zones and whatnot at Austria. We saw it last year. He struggled like mad, if you remember, Josh, because he even mm. got his um, yeah. pit lane penalty for Mizano. So, yeah, I... I don't think it suits Sam. No excuse, but carrying on from what I think you're about to say, Josh, I just I don't know what's going on at the minute. Yeah, I think can you remember like the first two races of the season? We were thinking this could be Sam's <laughs> this chance, and then he bins it apart him all, and ever since then it's it's not been the same. Um, pretty disappointing. But at least our two riders finished the race. Yeah, as well, so... like when people are mentioning like. Sam could be a shout for Patronus if Sam was putting it on the podium every weekend or like fighting like Bezeki is mm. and just around there. I'm not saying he'd be first choice, but I'd at least be turning around to think 
you've got a point. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a solid yeah. point, and the guy give second bite of the cherry and a, an actual bite of the cherry this time at, at MotoGP with a good team and going in there with good confidence. Sam Lowe's is not going to get into GP doing the results that he is now at the minute because no. you've got Jake Dixon there on what's a it's not as competitive bike and at the minute I mean this weekend you're only as good as your last one Dixon's outdone Lowe's. Dixon's already know, in the Petronas system so he's in the Petronas system so you know Sam Lowe's doesn't even have one up on him on that because they can turn around and say well Sam's won races and it's like yeah Sam's on arguably the second most competitive bike in the on the on the grid yeah and has just finished 14. yeah you know same as joe roberts joe roberts on a, a world championship winning bike and joe roberts has crashed out like not yeah, i don't know what's going on with joe roberts of late he, i do have a soft spot for cam cameron bobier i have a i have a soft spot for i him. didn't new, even know he new, crashed out new I'm bike sitting... I'm new sitting there looking new, at the results. Yeah. I'm like, where's Cam? He, yeah. I know he was in a race at the end. Six laps he, to go, he crashed out. Yeah, that's because he's got the American flag above him. Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> uh, it and my daughter had happened to want to come in the living room, and Joe Roberts goes out. I just like threw my head in my hands. I'm like, come on. <laughs> and she goes, what? Did he crash? I'm like, yeah, and he's like this, uh, one of two Americans over there. And he's making us look bad. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see more British and American riders in the championship. It's just, we need good examples for Dawn. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's put more money into that. But this season, again, it could be a red sector, a curse. It genuinely could. Like this year, all Brits and like Jake, Jake's just gone out like down the pan at the start of this year with everything from Patronat. Last year, I came into this year thinking Jake Dixon's injured. But as soon as he's he's sorted his injury out, I genuinely think he'll be regularly challenging for podiums of top fives. Yeah, I had so much confidence, and then Sam, like you say, Sam won the first two, two. races. Yeah, it was two. I was sitting there thinking, I don't know how he can't win this title if he goes on like he is because he, he was because in every he, session he was pole it was, it, win it, pole win like because all the all the talk was him and Bezeki as well in yeah. the first two races. Yeah. Bezeki didn't really do anything. He was, you know, he was off form, and everyone thought, well, this, this, this surely could be Sam Lowe's because there's not really much challenge. Um, how I wrong we were, but yeah. And obviously, with with Joe, I thought he'll only get better going to a better team. I know, obviously, it doesn't. It's not always as easy as that. But Joe, for me, I thought that'd be the confidence he needed in thinking, right, this bike can win races. It can win championships. So now I've got the confidence of the bike underneath me, absolutely sound, and it's just gone the other way. It's gone <laughs> completely the opposite way. I just I don't know well, what to think of Joe anymore. Like not in a and, bad way, but like what what's the you know what now for Joe Roberts? So when he sits there after this weekend, what's the goal? Is the goal to finish every race in good points, or is it to challenge for what we all think he should be challenging for and they're thinking no we're still aiming for top five and podiums because we saw it in Portimao he can he can still do it it's mm. just like what's happened what, what's changed because Dalla Porta a rider that I genuinely thought 
when he came up from road to three, I thought it's going to take a long time for a rider of his height to adapt to such a bigger bike with more power and everything. The guy in the last few races, I'm seeing the green shoots that I expected to see at the start of the year that I thought, oh God, if it's not coming at the start of the year, it might not never happen. He's putting it in Q2 regularly and looking quicker. And I'm looking at Joe Roberts, who's meant to be the guy in that team because they signed the, you know, what they thought. Mm. If Anea Bastianini is going, we need a guy that can win races, the guy that's going to take this team and keep it at the top. And you've got the guy that, you know, has been in the class less time than Joe. And you think, come on, Joe, you should be beating Dallapot. No disrespect, but you've proven you can be at the front regularly on another bike. You are now on a more competitive bike and you can't do it. What's going on? I, I want to know what is the actual issue because it can't be the same thing every week. It can't be. So I don't know. And it's, I, I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about like some of the open seats in MotoGP and uh, Bobier's name got brought up and I'm listening to him. I'm like, why are you going to talk Bobier to MotoGP and like, like Joe Roberts doesn't exist. And I'm thinking like, Oh, cause Joe keeps bending it every week. And then, like, you look at the standings, and between the four we've been talking about, Lowe's is in fourth, uh, Roberts is in 11th, Bobier is in 16th, Jake Dixon is in 20th. Yeah. So, to see those and think, like, Dixon might have the best possibility to get into a seat in MotoGP, it's like... Yeah, I think what Dixon's got going for him is obviously the Patronus link, but I think just the fact he's British. I think that that Donna are very, very keen to have another British rider in. Probably same as having an American rider in. They want that audience, you know. If you think of America, the huge, the the potential there, if they get an American rider in, the legacy of of American riders, you know, Schwantz, Rainey, you know, Hayden of modern era, like... Nicky Hayden. Yeah, Kenny Roberts, Kenny Roberts Jr., you know. You've got, you can go on like Lawson. You, you can go on and on and on and on and on. And just, Dorna, for, for me, I think Dorna are just like I say, I think they're in that position where they need Jake to put it in a position where they say, okay, that warrants the move up. Go for it. Mm. But at the minute, they've not got that. So if if Jake puts it in top eight regularly for the next half a season with the odd mishap there and there. Maybe. But for me, Jake needs to get a podium or... It's, the ball's in his car. You know, yeah. the ball, the ball. It's over to Jake now. Jake needs results and you know, someone's got to race for Patronus MotoGP next year and if they do, Patronus aren't going to be going, well, we'll put him on a year contract and wait for Jake Dixon. Jake needs mm. to hit the ground running now. Yep. So it's an interesting one, but it's so uncertain where it's going to go at the minute that, like I say, Josh, the ball is in Jake Dixon's court. Rider of the day, let's go. <laughs> Real quick, uh, looking at the standings, Remy Gardner leads 197, Raul Fernandez 162, Bedzeki 153, and then Bezeki's from there... 153? Bedzeki's on 153, and then Sam Lowe's is in fourth, and it drops off from 153 to 101. <laughs> so this Fair is becoming a three-horse race. Fair play to Bezeki for still I mean, being in that, that 
threshold. That's crazy though, because Sam Lowe's had fifty points after two races, and now he's on one hundred and one. What? Yeah, so he's got fifty-one points out of how many races? Like, um, eight, eight races, seven races. Oh, be eight. I mean, this was race ten. Yeah, so it of the is, season. Yeah. So fifty-one points from eight races. Yeah. You don't win world titles with that kind of form, do you? <laughs> you don't yeah. know. So, uh, rider of the day, I'm going to go Aaron Kinnett. Uh, I'm going Ayagora. Oh, okay. Been brilliant yeah. all weekend. I, I genuinely think he's been fantastic. Yeah, no, nothing much more to say. I, I Actually, on the talk of GP, I think Ayagora, if Nakagami ever decides to I say decides if he if he falls off and Honda want another Japanese right I think Ayagora will oh, be GP sure if he keeps up his form. But yeah. Right. Uh brilliant I mean fifth again rookie on a very, very, very uncompetitive bike in past years. Arguably one of the worst bikes on the grid. So mm. yeah, that's my pick. Alright, Josh, yours? Probably uh Vietti. Yes, okay. coming sixth. He started. Sure. Best result. He started. He started down in nineteenth. That's his so, best result as well. So. Yeah, I think he's done a hell of a job there. And then, I, like I said, I'm taking Aaron Kinnett, uh to finish second on a Boscascura chassis. He's yeah, yeah. the next Boscascura is fifteenth. He really likes Albert Red Ring. He's always he's always been really good around Red Bull. Mm. He was good around mm-hmm. last year, and then he just binned it too early. But like general <laughs> pace and. Like, uh, yeah, can it suits Red Bull Ring? So maybe he should look at signing contracts after racing at Red Bull Ring as opposed to re- signing them before for Pons. Yeah. Because maybe if it had got to this point and it had got two podiums, let's say, Patronus went, tell you what, we wouldn't mind a bit of that. He might have got himself a cheap ride because it only takes one good result like that. I mean, you look at Quattararo, we're talking about what we might be thinking of the next world champion, Touchwood. But, like, <laughs> he's only in GP from an out-of-the-blue good couple of results. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the guy wasn't doing anything massively impressive. Mm. Won at Barcelona and put it on the podium in Assen, and then they just went, yep, yeah, tell you what, we'll have a bit of that. And now <laughs> look at him. Like, it only takes a good couple of results and you're back in there. And if you're only as good as your last, if Aaron Cannett has a good couple of races here, and Patronus do think about it, he'll be massively kicking himself to sign on for Pons for next year. Yeah. Yeah, so moving up to uh, MotoGP. Well, uh, how do you want to run through this? Because we can go through the like, as the race win or go through the, uh, st- the positions. Well, I was kicking it's... myself at, for, if you want to go from the start, I was kicking myself with the the Pedroza thing, thinking he wouldn't be able to get to race. And then I was also kicking myself at Vinales stalling it, so... Well, so, race start, uh, we're going to touch, I'm going to mention this real quick. Uh, Marquez, yeah, you want to talk about punts, or kicks, you know, basically kicks uh, Alesh off the yeah. track. Wasn't happy, Lap, was he? Lap no. two, Pedrosa goes down. Salvadori plows into his bike. Couldn't go anywhere. 
Patricia's bike's laying in the middle of the track. On fire. <laughs> bike, bike's burst into flame. Red yeah. flame. Did you, did you see it? The video of it? and it, it, <laughs> He's got the extinguisher trying to put it out and because it's all fuel, it's just like lighting up. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was like whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah. He literally got rid of one bit and then the next bit would set a light. Yeah. yeah. Um, quickly, before we move off of lap, was it lap two or lap one? I want to nominate my overtake of the weekend. And no, it's not biased, because if you saw it, you'd agree on Quattararo overtaking Maverick and Mark in one corner at turn six. Oh, my God, mm. what an overtake. <laughs> he literally just saw the gap and went, yeah, I'll tell you what, Mark Marquez and my teammate in one go. Yeah, easy stuff. Went flying on underneath and just sat them both up. And I was just like, this is what I live for, a Yamaha. <laughs> Overtaking at Red Bull Ring. This is this is an <laughs> ideal. And then Jack Miller had an awful start. He dropped all the way back, saw a red flag come out, and thought Christmas morning. Yeah. Restart oh. comes on in, and Jack Miller flies to the front. I'm, I have him I'm in a fantasy team, and he went, "Ah, oh, I'm in his <laughs> fantasy team. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll throw it down the road." So that though was so yeah. frustrating because it he must have been going like maybe a couple of mile per hour faster than. He, what he usually went yeah. because if he saw that crash, it was just, it just so I don't know. It was such a fine line between getting that right and getting it wrong. Yeah, he's obviously um, trying to. The problem is that sector is like the weakest sector for yeah, Ducati. So he's trying to keep up, isn't he? So he was trying to keep of... up when he was pushing himself, and if he was ever going to crash, it was going to be that sector really. Well, and that's um, why you, you see a lot of inline fours, especially Yamahas, outbreak themselves mm. in past years at turns one, turn three, because. They're so slow as opposed to the Ducatis that they've got to outbreak, outbreak, mm. outbreak. And then they look mm-hmm. at Mir chasing after Martin. You know, he got all the way to the end of that straight at turn three when he was three laps to go or something and ran wide. Yeah. But he's got, he's thinking, well, I'm going to make up in sector three and four, but sector one and two, I've got to do everything I can to stay with him and not lose out on that, that deficit I have with the speed. So that's prime example. But as we all know, Mir, Mir is just, for me, is just classic above the rest in terms of knowing where his limit is and just going result, result, result. He's Mr. Result. Consistent. He really he just is. is, isn't he? Like every, every time, like like that, he, he could have just thrown the kitchen sink at it with five, six laps to go and made a mistake and thrown it down the road. He just, I don't know what it is. He just, he's so smart. He's so savvy as a rider that to race against, if he's quick, you know you've got to either take the feet to him or go at him at full go. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just going to consistently pick up results. Like the only reason me is in the position he is in the championship is because before they've had this ride height device, he's uh-huh. just picked up what he can get at best. And it's honestly for Suzuki with the Rin situation in past races, it must be a breath of fresh air to have someone like Mir, not only a champion, but someone who goes. It's capable of getting fifth. I'll get you fifth every week. Do you know what I mean? Like every single week, result, <laughs> result, result. Um, and to be honest with you, if if Yamaha aren't to sign Morbidelli, I'd be gutted if it's not Mira or Oliveira. They're the only three mm. names I'll accept. If it's anybody else, I'll be sending a very, very upset email to Lynn Jarvis to reconsider his <laughs> options. So... Yeah, he's, I think with Mir, just quickly, that, that rear ride height adjuster, 
mm-hmm. that's just made the world a difference so far. And it was only what was it P three that put that on the bike FP three. So they have not yeah they've not had much time to get used to that, and already it seems to have made a hell of a difference with, on... with getting power down outer corners especially. And then in the because uh, the after the flag show that they do that like Steve Day and uh, Matt Bird do. Uh, Juwan even said, he's like, I don't know how we've survived without this thing. Like, it, he said that it basically changed the whole way, like, the way the bike works. And he mm. doesn't know how they've gone this long without this. And That's now exactly they've got the, the Yamaha thing with the starts. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you imagine being Quattararo and then the start the, device. The, the start device and going, how did I win races <laughs> without this? It, it mm-hmm. shows you how good they're doing with what they've got. Like, yep. The Yamaha last year, no start device, no ride height device at all. You got Morbidelli winning three races on it. You got Quattraro. How many races did Quattraro win last year? Three. Barcelona, both Hareths. Oh, yeah. Three races on that. Like, there's six races between those two just winning. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it just goes to show that now it was almost like when they got the ride height device for Mugello and Quattraro was like second, I think, going into turn one. And everyone was kind of like, shit like they can actually start now so we're screwed because they can qualify (laughs) so if suzuki can now qualify we all know they can start so it's Mm -hmm. like if mir gets the front starts qualifying this second half of the season might be a case of quattraro and mir again but like actually quattraro and mir well suzuki we were always saying that due to the tire allocation the first half of the season was going to be rough and it was going to be like picking up as many points as possible and the the second half is where that put the hammer down and it seems to have already kind of you know come come to fruition that really because we are i know it's only the first race after the mid-season break but suzuki or mia did seem kind of another level you know a step up and you know what was he 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 dnf'd in france so he's had one dnf and we said he's Mr. Consistent, so I'm thinking from, he'll only go from strength to strength now. Well, for me, like I said, with kind of what I was alluding to with Sam and what I've said before with, I can't remember who we were talking about, it might have been the last podcast or before, in that for me, if you want to win a world title and kind of look at it from the outside looking in, in terms of what you're aiming for with your goals and just a broad spectrum, I, I would say... At the start of the year, I'd sit down and be like, if I want to, like in Mir's position, I want to hold on to my title, I can have no more than two DNFs. Any more than two DNFs, mm. I'm putting myself in a position where Quattararo's, Bagnaya's, Miller's, Zarco's are so consistent, usually, that if they have two or three DNFs, position-wise, they're going to be where I am. So Mir having one DNF in half a season it bodes well for what he's aiming for in relation to last year in just consistency Mm. and then picking up a world title so if anyone does drop off his consistency is so reliable that it puts him in a good position anyway even if the results aren't amazing like you know i can't think of a result off the top of my head but like qatar with the the miller thing had a bit of a scuffle but didn't get too hot-headed brought the bike home it was like eight or something like that not great, but there's a lot of people, <clears throat> Rins, that mm-hmm. would, in the same position, find themselves in that position like Magello and go fourth, third, or wherever it was, 
take what you can get. No, throws it down the road. Mir yeah. doesn't do that. He puts himself in such a good position championship-wise that if I'm Suzuki, I'd try and sign him to like a 15-year deal and keep him there forever. Mm. I, I, all I'm thinking, though, as well on the flip side, is maybe it's too little too late. Because if you look at Fabio, he scored points at every race. You know, he had the yeah. arm pump issue at Spain, which which is his only kind of blotch, I think, this season. It is so scary far. to think that the only results that Quattraro's done bad in, which me and Matt were talking about in the last podcast, is we, can, we, we sat there and we're like, yeah, but Barcelona, and you think it wasn't really his fault, but no. if you'd have got like the actual result and he'd not had to like run wide because of the leathers thing, let's say he'd got second or first or third, the guy only gets bad results when it's not in his hands at the minute. Like he's yeah. had no mass, like Le Mans. I was watching Le Mans thinking if Yamaha get points, I'd be amazed. And the guy puts it in the podium and it was like he'd won. Like today, finishes third. And I thought I I treat it like a win because for Yamaha to I mean he's he's be he'll be look at it in that Martin's won. No disrespect to Jorge Martin, which we've not even got onto yet, but Martin is not winning the world title this year. He's not. So there's no contender there. Fine. Mia, possibly, but the best thing possible is to finish the next place behind Mia, which he has. Miller's crashed out. Bagnaia's had an absolute stinker. Zarco's dropped down at the last minute. So all of his main three, in the the, the key part being Ducati rivals at the Ducati-favoured track, have all finished behind him. Mm. So for Quattararo, it's like a win because this is the one track that we all said and everybody else would have thought, this is where Miller, Bagnaia, Zarco put their foot down and get one back on Quattraro. And he's got one up on every one of them. Yeah. So, you know, it might be too little too late for for Mir and whatnot, but you would have thought, I mean, like Bagnaia today, can we talk about that? 11. Oh, I'm very annoyed because he, he was leading for the red flag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Decided, I mean, oh, we'll, 50 50 won it with Ducati because Miller dropped in the first <sighs> stint and then led for the second one. Bagnaia was leading and then the second one dropped. I think maybe the only thing I think of is so they were leading after, you know, and then the red flag came and they knew they were starting from where did Bagnaia start? I think he started third anyway, didn't he? Something or like that. Or something yeah. like that. But I don't know. The only thing I can think of as to why they changed the tyre because didn't they go for a soft rear? Instead, is yes. Which uh, started second. Yeah, what, so second. For some well, reason, the restart they went with the qualifying positions, not where they were on track. Yeah, but the he went with the soft rear, I think. Now, mm. I'm I I, I don't know for the life of me why. The only thing I can think of is maybe they thought rain was coming in and it was going to be flag to flag. So it was literally put the softest compound on so you can go the fastest. So then, obviously, it's, it's not going to matter going race distance because it's going to go flag to flag anyway. Or but maybe, I mean, Zarko went, went for a softer option, didn't Yeah. Zarko went for a softer They were saying on BT, though, that Zarko's used to the softer option. Yeah, he is. Whereas Bagnaia is not. Um, when you say that, Zarko dropped like a stone in the last lap. Yeah. Lost out to Nakagami and Binder. I, th- I think the ones going soft were probably... Banking on flag to flag, yeah. But obviously, it didn't pay off. Weird and I'm one, annoyed but... because you know Pecco's someone I thought was a dark horse who could be in for a yeah. shout, and he was up until 
up until Magello, he he was up there. Um, but it, it is that case of like we we've sat there so many times like with Magello and with Lamont and with Austria and gone Ducati, almost like you know if you're if you're gonna win a world title, you need to win those mm. tracks mm-hmm. because I mean I'm speaking from a Yamaha perspective here. I go to those tracks and think damage limitation, and to come away thinking Jesus, like we we've we finished in front of all of those main rivals. You would think it's like a win because you're going to go from Red Bull Ring. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Obviously, no one does. But like one race is done and you've let's say Quattraro gets no points next week and all of them get points. It'll just say, well, I got more points than you last week and you got none. And this week you've got one up on me. 50-50 break even sort of thing. You know what I mean? They've gained no advantage, but they're going to go into Silverstone, which is a pretty even track in terms of it doesn't really suit one particular bike. Like Yamaha goes well around there usually, but it's got its strengths for Ducati. You know, there's some open open road sort of thing there and whatnot. Um, then you go to Mizano, which, like I've said, for me, I think that's a match in heaven for, for Yamaha. If you've got Quattraro on there that's on, on the money, I don't think anybody will touch him. But we said that about Mugello and Ducati. Aragon. Not really a Ducati track. And then you've got mm. these flyaways that you're thinking, Ducati, you're not really fit. Like Valencia, not really a Ducati track. I know it's not a flyaway, but do you know what I mean? There's no tracks there then that you sit there and think that's going to suit Ducati down to a T. Maybe Mategi or something, which obviously isn't happening. So they really, like for me, if I'm Jack Miller or Bagnaya, and I'm thinking I'm still in the hunt for this world title. You need to A, beat Quattararo next week and B, on the podium. 100%. Yeah. They have I'm, to be on the I, podium. Looking at what track's coming up, I'm, I am feeling it's kind of Joan Mia, Quattararo showdown at this point. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Mia still needs Quattararo to DNF, really. Or else that, or else it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Um. I mean, let's have a look calendar just so I can have the official thing. So we've got Austria next week, Overson Silverstone next. four right after Aragon, Aragon. San Marino, um, Coda. currently Cota, which again it's not. It's just not a Ducati track. They always struggle around Cota. Um, Sepang. I mean, Dovi's won there, but I, I would have never said in a million years that's a Ducati track, right? And Valencia. Well, you know no, I mean? uh, between Sepang and Valencia, they go back to uh, Portimao. Oh, of course. Yeah, that needs to be out. It's not on the app. That's why I've not yeah. seen it yet. But um, Portimao, not a Ducati track. So, realistically, no. this is the last massively favoured Ducati track at the minute that they, they, I think, yeah, we're all in agreement, aren't we? They, they need to win. They need to win next week. Like, Unless think... they can pull out something like a Miller at Jerez. Yeah, but again, like, that's that's in the hands of the gods, isn't it? That's in the right. hands of somebody else having a problem that they can't really help. But I don't know. You can't leave it too late. We've seen it so many times in different championships in past years, where like you know, a little bit like Dovi, in that he had so many good results and it was just a bit too much too late in 2017 mm. with Mark. You know, you're relying on Mark to crash and Dovi to finish above a certain position. 
that that's when you look back at the races where it suits the Ducati. Miller at Qatar. I know it's the first race of the season, but two races at Qatar. And what was Miller's results at Qatar? A seventh and... Uh, I can't quite remember. Ninth and a, two ninths. Two, two ninths? Yeah. Two ninths. Oh, you, oh, you're in a <laughs> two niners. But yeah, um, like, but you look back and you'll, you know, I mean, you can't sit there and say, oh, it's only first race at season, so it doesn't really matter. Quattraro yeah. won. Vinales won. Miller, ninth. Like, that's a good track for Ducati. And they'll look back and think, we've done nothing there. Austria, mm. you've lost to Yamaha again. You can't afford to do it. You just can't. Especially, like, even take Quattraro out of the thing. Mir will end up beating them at this rate, like you say, Josh. Mir will just constantly just tick off, tick off, tick off, and just get top five, top five sort of thing every week. So if they can't do that at their own place, say their own place, at Red Bull Ring with Bagnaya finishing 11th, sorry, but I can't see it, which I'm very happy about, so I'm not really sorry. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it watching it. I was like, Pedroza's finished in front of Bagnaya. Which I will point out, what, yeah. what a race that tenth place at two and a half years out. Well, and to think he was out of the race on lap two, yeah. like he was done. Unless you know he could pick that bike back up and you know try to recover something. I mean, Crutchlow was do wasn't that great, so he might have gotten you know a place back there. But yeah, I mean to basically get lucky and be able to hop on the spare bike, rejoin the race, because, you know, Salvador didn't rejoin. So, yeah, he got... Somebody, sorry, carry on, carry on. I was just going to say, he got lucky in that he could, you know, he didn't get hurt. They did have a spare bike for him, and he was able to keep going, and, you know, he got a 10th place finish. Yeah. Top ten's amazing for a wild card, anyway. Mm -hmm. No matter who it is. Um, I tell you what, I was going to say, and I want to speak about what on earth has Paul Spargo's weekend been? What what's gone on oh, there? <laughs> like the guy looks, he just looks lost the he whole does. weekend. It's... Looks so lost. I didn't think coming into this season, I did not think. Or at in this point of the season, he was still no. going to be lost. In F <laughs> FP1, he was in fifth. Uh, FP2, where's he at? 13th. He dropped like a stone for FP3. FP3, he... I mean, half of me... Is he, is did hoping... he even take part? I mean, half of oh, me is hoping that... It's just Honda telling him, "Oh, just just go slow this season, just to make Mark Marquez look better than he is." You know, the, the, I'm kind of hoping because obviously that mean, means that he's actually all right on that bike. <laughs> but I, obviously, I don't think that's the case. Um, but there's no way someone like Paul isn't pushing at 110 percent. Exactly, risk not getting he's injured. Just, he's he's a that's he's what a I mean. Screen biter, and he he goes for it. That's why they signed him because it's you know the aggression would suit the bike, but just really struggling to find any kind of match he, with it. He, he qualified. He qualified 15th behind Pedrosa, 
who hasn't mm. raced in over two years. And finished 16th. Yeah, and then you know finished worse than when he started. And Paul's always been a bit more of a Sunday man than a Saturday man. He always has mm -hmm. been. Yeah. I mean, he, he was leading the race last year. Yeah. I mean, I bet... I, I think... You know, he's not. He's never going to turn around and say, "Oh no, I regret signing for Honda." He's not going to say that. No. But I bet when he sits in bed at night and he thinks about race weekend, I bet he does sit there and think, "What did I think about leaving KTM?" Yeah. Like, well, uh, yeah. Especially now we've seen KTM have this turnaround. I think the first, probably the first quarter of the season, he was thinking, "God, I'm glad I left KTM," but. Yeah, you know, not only just... that, he, he was the man at KTM. You know, the bike was going in the <laughs> the, the, the yeah, direction yeah. he wanted it to go in, and you know, it, he was the man. And he then he, he was like, "All right, then I'll take second seat to Marquez at Honda." And I don't know, maybe twenty twenty two he'll turn a corner, but I can't see it with Honda at the the combination of Paul and Honda. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, a factory factory Honda finishing outside the points doesn't. You know, doesn't do uh, great, and, does it? Don't go down and especially great. when his teammate, granted it's Mark, but finishes eighth. Yeah, and you've got mm. both the LCR boys way up ahead. Yeah, yeah it was a good weekend for them actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say rider of the day, but is there any other riders you want to point out before we go? Um, I mean, Binder. I was going to say. Oh yeah. yeah. He thought, you yeah. know what, I'll leave all my overtake until the last lap. Great well, and... of overtakes as well. It was. It was... Yeah. Where did he start? He started... Where did he start? Binder. Oh! Yeah, no, oh, yeah. 16th. There he is. 16th, yeah. Yes, to start 16th. He's been shocking. Mm -hmm. He's qualified... Well, KTM, before the upgrade, had been shocking, but, like... You always see him really far down in like practice sessions and whatnot, and then Sunday just turns up. A bit like Bruno he's, last he's... year. I know he won it, but he came from absolutely nowhere and just blitzed the field. Like... I know. I'm still struggling. I still don't know how we came fourth in that race. I know. It's it was mad. like I, I didn't see him at all. And then it got to the last lap, and it was like, oh, Binder's fourth. And I was like, <laughs> where's the, where, what? Like, do you know what I mean? I just, watching it, I kind of. No disrespect, but I kind of, if you'd have said to me without looking, where's Binder? I'd have been like, I don't know, like 10th, 12th, something like that. He maybe. did a, he did a like... Pedro Costa. You know, <laughs> like some of the, some of the races this season is just like, just kind of silently snuck his way yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. actually gave some effort in the last lap of the race. And a quick, quick mention Alex Rins finished. Oh in yeah, the top in ten. Seven. He's my rider of the day. Well done, Alex. <laughs> well done. You kept the bike up, right? Atta boy. Yeah, but, can't be that. Uh, I mean, we we got to talk, Martin. I mean, yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot. A, a rookie. Yeah. Sixth race, coming back from arm surgery. He had and leg he surgery. Had, he had eight broken bones to come back and get pull, set the track record, and win the race, leading all but uh, three laps. Like, yeah. 
and uh, everyone's saying it, you know, with Rossi retiring, this new guard is coming in, and Jorge is definitely yeah. in that group. I mean, yeah. the first ever 122, was it? Was it oh, yeah, 122. 122, 122 nine, nine. Nine. Yep. Insane. Like, I mean, <laughs> I know Quattararo would have, I think he had a 122. Fabio, Fabio beat it by, like, I think thousands of a second. But yeah. then his lap time was immediately deleted. Which which is kind of scary in a way for next week because Fabio beat it and wobbled and had the bike all over the place into that penultimate mm. section, if you like. <laughs> no, not penultimate section, but you know what I mean. Like the last two corners, he, he had it wobbling. Imagine if that was smooth and just on the edge of the curb. He could have got like a 122, yeah. like 8, 122, 7 mm. maybe. Imagine. Imagine if next week we go from thinking... The lap record last week was like a one twenty three zero, and that was Mark in his absolute prime, and everybody else other than that done well to get twenty three two. And then mm. Quattararo turned on next week and goes, "I'll do half a second quicker than what everybody else <laughs> could do last year." That's insane. If he does that, it, mind you, saying this, like I said before the weekend, Yamaha have to be on pole if you want to be anywhere close to getting a decent result as a Yamaha around here. You need to be on front three, uh, front row. Sorry, for me anyway. Uh, watching it, I just yeah. You saw the Ducatis like swarm the first corner. It's like, oh, I don't like it. I really don't. And I've just <laughs> got that one Quattararo just sitting there, swarmed by red. I'm just like, no. And you've got a Marquez coming in like a fucking bowling ball, trying to nick everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Because on on the restart. You had Marquez knocked into Aspargaro again, didn't he? But it was yeah. because of he did, but it, it was like a, a Quartararo was a effect, it? wasn't it? Yeah, Quartararo yep. sent it upside of Mark, and Mark was like ironically next to Alish, and I just <laughs> sat there and thought, "Oh dear, that's not going to go down very well." But, yeah, and it, I mean, yeah. Uh, but oh, and with uh, Martin winning, he is the first Ducati satellite rider to ever win a race. Yeah, they were talking. Yeah, they, yeah. they brought that up in the after the flag show that he is the first satellite Ducati to win, which means there's been uh, Quattararo, Morbidelli, Oliveira, and now Jorge to win on satellite teams. What in like the last two years, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just so, goes to show you the four riders you've just named there, we all know are very A, classy riders, B, amazingly talented riders, and C, future, future stars. Mm. And there's a reason they're four people that can win on satellite teams, satellite bikes, because, you know, they get the best out of what they're working with. And yep. I, yeah, I, just classy ride from Martin. It, it looked like what you'd expect Miller to do. Do you know what I mean? Like an experienced Ducati rider. The guy has been injured and had every bone broken in his body for the last four or five years. Had a really, not rough ride, because obviously there's a lot rougher rides to go. You know, he's always had a good team behind him. And don't get me wrong, worked to get a good team. But like even going into Moto2, he broke his leg or something like that and just had to work his way up to it and, you know, prove that he was quick enough on a Moto2 bike. Did that, went to GP, put it on pole, got injured, come back set a lap record and you thought mm, yeah let's see if you can do it in the race start to finish pretty much just absolute class above the rest and 
cleared off. So, you know, fair play to him. I'd take my hat off to him if I had one on. So, yeah, fair play. Yeah, so uh, running through the finishing order, uh, not starting was Salvadori, who has a broken foot, it turns out. Uh, So he will miss next week. He's looking for a return at Silverstone. So... Are they going to Max, have anyone in next Max week? Max Biaggi is returning. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's uh, wish Davi into the MotoGP lineup into existence. Oh, not, I thought you were going to say wish Savadoria speedy recovery. But... <laughs> we wish him a speedy recovery, but if, no, they, <laughs> if they could get Davi to come in to do one race on an Aprilia. God. It's like a charity match. Every, all the old guard are coming back for a quick ride. Like, yeah, all the retirees get to no, come no. back. Yeah. Didn't, didn't he win it? Didn't he win it? Um, Red Bull Ring last year. Last year, yeah. first race. It, yeah. He won the first race. Oliveira won the second race. Oh yeah. That was um, his first podium as well. Actually, that race. And just can we just mention then? Um, as well that the issue with KTM and how neither Petrucci or Lequona knew. Yeah, oh, they were told. Oh yeah, in, in free practice four. Yeah, I think like I think you put it in. Did you, Josh? With the yeah, thing just was like, like I got I got sacked or something with my leathers on. Imagine yeah, getting on the bike and it was just literally. Oh, by the way, I woke. You're not ready yes- for his next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday when I woke up, I you know turned on qualify because I woke up for qualifying. Turned it on, and they were, you know, uh, Crayfar was interviewing uh, the Tech 3 team principal. And, yeah, he was. uh, Yeah. No, not Hervé. Yeah, it is. Is it? Team Tech 3 principals, uh, Hervé Poncherel, yeah. Yeah, he was not happy. Well, and he was not happy at all. He was saying he didn't like the way, like the timing he had to do it. Because he basically, you know, had to tell them in free practice for, like, hey, you guys aren't returning next year. Now go out and qualify. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not very good. I think the illusion of it was, or like what people were alluding to, sorry, was it got leaked that he basically was. So Tech Three had to announce it that mm. he was going to MotoGP. Ralph Fernandez were talking about, mm. but there's a better time. I, I mean, oh, what's yeah. the difference of doing that twenty minutes later when the session's done? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like Petrucci said they've literally had five weeks yeah. to announce this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, um, they, they would have known that Fernandez has signed. Like, when Fernandez has signed, let's say it's a week before the race weekend, announce it then. Just announce yeah. it the week before. It's done. It's easier for Fernandez. Mm. It's easier for Tech 3. The riders know where they stand. You know, win, win, win. And it's polite. It's the the moral thing to do. But to to uh, to announce it whilst right the riders are out, it's it's, it leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. It, mm. for certain. Yeah. It wasn't nice to see, but seems like a Ducati thing, you know, or an Aprilia expect, thing. Yeah, so we'd expect of Aprilia Ducati. Not I mean, Aprilia was sitting there when Sam Lowe's was on it and being like, they were they were like interviewing as he was out for the session, and they were like, yeah, well, we'll see, but you know, we've got to weigh our options up for next year. And it'd be like, we're not really talking about next year, we're just talking about session in general. And it, it kind of like they just alluded to being like, yeah, well, your guy who, you know, the, the British uh, BT Sport were kind of like, you know, what, how do you think Sam's getting on? And it'd just be like, yeah, next year's probably going to look elsewhere. And it was like, what? Like, why are you <laughs> saying that now? Like, 
it's a bit of a I don't know. Don't get me wrong. These kind of things are very brutal. It's a brutal sport to be in. But mm. like I say, 20 minutes later, just announce it in between sessions. Or if everyone knows, leave it till after qualifying. Get the day's racing done. Announce it later on. Why would you have to announce it whilst racing? I just well, think it's such a sad thing to do. Because they did look at when uh, Maverick, the whole Maverick uh, Aprilia thing. Yeah. Like it, it got leaked and people started talking about it and everyone was like, no, we're not, we're not saying anything. We're not saying anything. And then it was that Maverick, like later on in the weekend, Maverick was like, I'm leaving Yamaha. That's all I'm telling you. I don't know where yeah. I'm going. But he waited until after the weekend to do it, yeah. which is the right thing to do. I mean, if it does get leaked, all tech three has to be like is, well, we have, we haven't decided anything yet. We are, we're, we're still weighing our options. Wait for the weekend to be over. Monday morning, you know, put out, we've signed Raul Fernandez. Yeah, I don't get it. Very weird one. Yeah. But before we move on, rider of the day for GP. Josh, who's yours? Um, Rins, because he didn't fall off. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Um, oh, it's, <laughs> you it's, can't even get a rider of the day. <laughs> it's it's tough on it. It's... I think Martin kind of deserves it, but I'll probably give it to Brad Binder simply for yeah. somehow finishing somehow <laughs> probably just somehow finishing fourth with no one really noticing. So yeah, still my guy for me as I'm sitting here in a Red Bull KTM shirt and hat. <laughs> well, I mean to be fair, uh, Matt, there's one guy with that shirt on. There's only one guy he should be picking really, and that's Danny Pedrosa. For a tenth place on a wild card on that, on you know, two and a half years out, I'd be picking See, it. Mm. And I, I, I thought about giving it to him, but the, he caused the red flag. Like he did, but at the same time, he has been the quickest KTM all weekend. So, yeah, yeah. I can give it to Pedrosa. Like I said, I, I, I was even thinking about it earlier today. At, yeah, as I was doing stuff around the house, and you know. Who would I give my rider of the day to? I'm like, well, definitely Bender, because you know, to start 16th, finish fourth. I mean, yeah, that's that's some rider of the day stuff. Uh, Pedroza, you know, started. Where did he start? He started 15th. Uh, 13th, 14th, 15th-ish. Yeah, just because it was. I I thought it was funny looking at the grid chart. So it's Oliveira in 12th. And then Pedroza in 14th, Bender in 16th. So when you look at it, it they're on a slash like this across the grid. Mm-hmm. And then behind them, you got behind Bender, you got I, uh, Lycawana and then Petrucci. So you had like all the KTMs like right in a little like slant pattern mm-hmm. there. Um, My rider but, of the day will be Paula Spog. No, I'm joking. Um, dear God. My, my rider of the day will be... See... I kind of want to give it Fabio, and a lot of people are just going to think oh, I'm picking it because it's Yamaha. But I think for Yamaha to get on a podium at Red Bull, fanboy. I, <laughs> as Matt Gallagher would say, I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. passionate. <laughs> but I am a fanboy, so yeah, call me either if you like. But no, I, I don't know. Like, I think going into the weekend, if you'd have said to me quattro podium whether it had been bagnaya and zarco one two or whatever to get on the podium happy days so if it's bias then so be it (laughs) 
strike me down. We say not to pick the race winner, but Josh seems to fucking do it every week, <laughs> other than this week. Josh, Josh has this thing where he'll be like, I shouldn't really pick the winner. And you're sitting there thinking, <laughs> okay, so he's not going to pick the winner. He's like, but I'm going to pick the winner. Because so. he won. <laughs> yeah. And the, the only illusion it can come to is, well, he won and he looked good. So, yeah. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Matt's picked the person who's crashed a few times for Rider of the Day as well. Yeah. yeah. I think Matt picked Cam after crashing at Hareth, if memory serves me right. And Dennis Onchu after crashing at Hareth. Oh, quickly. I know we've gone past <laughs> Moto 3, but when he got pole, I was so happy because I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I do like Dennis Onchu. I've got a bit of a soft spot for him. But, and then he changed tyres, and I was like, no, please, no. <laughs> I was like, this could he be went, it. This could be. He went onto the moment. slicks. Yeah. You know that meme that I'm going to end this person's whole career? He was like, yeah. I'm, yeah. Going, I'm going to end my own career. <laughs> the thing is as well, like, did anybody watch qualifying in Moto3? He, like, finished, no. he, he, like, ran off on his second flying lap. He'd already got pole, but, like, he didn't know because the session had not finished. He ran on on his second flying lap, and he was, like, like throwing his hands about, like, shaking his head, like, being really aggressive sort of thing because he was annoyed that he'd ran on. And he crossed the line and was, like, shaking his head and everything and thinking, that's it, I could have got, that lap could have been pole. And then yeah. he looks at the score, like looks at the board, and he like double takes, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm on pole!" And then just like started going mental, and it was just such a weird reaction because he he led all the rest of the rest of the I can't speak rest of the lap, thinking I've ballsed it up, I could have got pole, I'm in Q2 as well, so I've done well to get there, and and everybody else like Acosta and all this, and he just thought he looked at the board and he was like, <laughs> on, "Oh my god." I'm actually on pole. <laughs> so um, it was so annoying to see him change tyres and it not work out. But a lot of people did it and yeah. Costa and Garcia ran off with it. So, yeah, we've done Moto 3 anyway. We've done the, done everyone, actually, thinking about it. So, well, we have. Um, yeah, I just yeah. want to run through the grid of MotoGP because there is a couple little notes. Uh, not classified. Standings. Oh, well, no, just results. Yeah, because right. not classified, you have a Leish who basically parked the bike himself. Looked like he was holding his side. I don't know if Mark, when Mark hit into him, maybe bruised something. Mm. It doesn't. It didn't look technical or mechanical. It looked like he like something was wrong with him. Oliveira parked it. Uh, was apparently missing a chunk out of his front tire. Uh, Crayfar ran over to see what was going on. He reported back that there was a big chunk. Uh, Miller crashed out chasing Quattararo. When he crashed out. They had the lean angle graphic on him. He was at 75 degrees yeah. when that bike went out from under him. Um, this one's weird because he do- he he's in the like classified, but he doesn't have a number next to him. Vinales finished 19th. Yeah, he, he ran down pit lane after like the last light. He just sacked it off. <laughs> yeah, so, I found that brilliant. He's just like, you know what? You know, I'm, it's it's I'm gone. <laughs> but uh, Petrucci, 18th. Crutchlow, 17th. Cole Aspargo, 16th. Lycawana, 15th. Luca Marini, 14th. Rossi finished 13th. Gotten the points. Uh, Anea Bastianini in 12th. Uh, Peko Banyaya in 11th. Really... Did, have you guys heard? Like, have you heard what happened to him? Because um, I didn't. They just said he was dropping off, and nobody knew what was happening. And my yeah. first thought was, uh, Quattararo at Horizon. Like, oh, does he have arm pump? No, I think it's like Josh said. I think it's just tire choice. Just completely went against him. Mm. Yeah, tenth place, 
Danny Pedroza, uh, ninth, Alex Marquez, eighth, Mark Marquez, seventh, Alec Renz, sixth, Zarco, fifth, Takanakagami, fourth, Brad Bender, third, Fabio Quattararo, second, Juan Mir, and first, Jorge Martin. Just a quick note. I'll yeah. go on that. No, I just want to go back to a, one of the early episodes. Josh and I couldn't remember Jorge Martin's name at one point. Oh, yeah, I remember listening to that. I think I said to this, this to Josh, I was listening to the first yeah. podcast you guys did or the second one, and you were like, who's that guy? That's yeah, who's the other And I was that? sitting there listening going, Jorge Martin! Like, after <laughs> every time you get to saying it, I was like, please! And eventually you, you were like, Oh, yeah, I think it's like George Martin, and I was like, kill George Martin. <laughs> some 80s pop band. <laughs> yeah. Like, this was a guy we couldn't remember his name, and now he's winning, right? It was two polls and winning right. the early days. God. Yeah. Just quickly, um, I, I just I had a bit of a. Just, I don't know. I just, I just thought I'd have a look at something quickly, and it kind of baffles me thinking about this, but. Matt, just read out to me the points that Quattararo is on now in 10 races, right? This is 10 races, and Quattararo is on, I think it's 171 off the top of my head. I could be wrong. Uh, so the point standings, Fabio Quattararo on 172. Okay, stop stop right there. Yep. 172 after 10 races. Last year, we had a 15-race championship, and Quattararo finished on 127 points. Yeah. If that doesn't he show just you two the, of the numbers around. If that doesn't show you what kind of different rider we've got this year with Quattro, yeah, he's on a factory bike, but he had a twenty twenty bike last year and the, the developments Yamaha have made, but essentially Fabio is a different rider this year. That's I just thought about it and I was like, he's earned like another third of his points from last year in a third less races. Which is mad. So what? Um, what was Mir on? What, what did Mir, Mir finish on last season? Um, he finished on a hundred and seventy-one. What the hell? So Fabio Quattraro currently has more points than Mir finished a world title winning season on last year. Yes, fifteen races, but he has that in ten. I mean, Fabio's results so far are. Fifth, first, first, thirteenth, the arm pump, which we all know would have been first if one mm-hmm. arm pump, but we'll not go there. Um, <laughs> third, at Le Mans, first, sixth, leathers, third, yep. first, third. So take leathers and arm pump out. He's only had one time where he's finished off the podium yep. when things have not been in his hands, and that's the first race at Qatar, and that was only because he couldn't pass the Ducatis because there was so much like just shit alistry going on behind Maverick for the first like group if you remember. Um because mm. there was like Zarko Marty and Zarko Marty and like swapping forever and yeah yes. But yeah that form f- fifth first first arm pump third first leathers third first third you see that, that, that's championship winning form. I mean yeah. and considering second third and fourth in the championship haven't won a race. I'm like that it's Fifth place, Miller, yeah. who's won two. But I mean, Mia. Let's, how many did he win last season? One. 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 He's only ever um, won one race, which yeah. is bad to think. The world champions only won one race. It just doesn't. World champions race. only won one race, and the <laughs> fact is, like he, 
he won the first Valencia race. And looking back at it, he could have just not won that race and still won a world title. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he could he could um, be sitting here now, like half a season into his championship winning, like on the back of that, and be like, yeah, I've still not won a race, but I won a world title. <laughs> How? But How yeah, does it work? Looking at the rest of the standings, like we said, Quattro on 172. Johan Zarco on 132, Mir 121, Banyaya on 114. And then from there, it drops down to Miller with 100 even. So Banyaya most likely out of this race for the championship, but never say never. But if Banyaya's uh, out of it, then Miller's well out of it. And I don't think Miller's out of it. Like I don't think he's out of it. But I don't think he's out, out. If that means Josh, you know what I mean by out, out. But like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it, next week for me is a turning point. If Ducati mm-hmm. beat Quattraro head and shoulders above, I think they're in it. If Quattraro does exactly what he did this week and is very slight damage limitation at best for Quattraro, I think Miller's. I don't think Miller's got a chance. I think well, Miller's DNF three races, so yeah. I think even that statistic, I think he's out. I think um, you know, Peko, Joan, and Johan have all DNF one race each. Um, they just need think... Fabio to DNF a race, really. I think Fabio, yeah, I think if my stats in front of me are right, Fabio and Maverick are the. I say Maverick did kind of throw the towel in today, but. Mm-hmm. Fabio and Maverick are the only riders to not crash out or retire the the bike early, sort of thing. Like they they've not not finished. Mm. Which you know Yamaha riders do tend to be more safe sort of riders. They don't tend to crash a lot. I think I think Jorge Lorenzo won a title in 2015, and I think him and Rossi crashed four times combined in the whole season. That's not races. That's the whole season. Right, you know, so yeah, so, Quattro needs to have a DNF, and for anyone else to have a, I'm host. not, I'm not ready for that. That <laughs> will be. Uh, I mean, he'd still, he could still have a buffer, even if he does have a DNF. It'll just bring everyone in closer. If you look at Zarco, right. Zarco was on, was he on course to finish second in Port- Portugal before? Yes, he I think he was like second, third. But there's a lot of laps to go if memory serves. Right? It, wasn't, he, it uh, wasn't like late on. Or he was second. Rins was third. He what downshifted an extra gear and went out, and then that's when Rins caught up to Quattro, and then and Miller crashed at that same corner, didn't he? Yeah, mm. top of the hill. Zarco's how many points off is he? Uh, he's forty. 40. So he would have been, let's say, he finished second. He still would have been twenty points off Fabio yeah. now, even if he had finished second at Portugal, but. We'll have to wait and see. I think, like I said, Fabio needs to have a DNF. But not in a nasty yeah. way. I hope he doesn't have yeah, a... Yeah, that's not, you know... that's not, please. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Not, not in that way. If it's but... at Silverstone, Josh, you'll see a grown man cry. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. All I'm saying... If, he, he... if Fabio DNFs at Silverstone, you'll probably just... If you if anybody listens to this, if you want to walk past Woodcut, Luffield kind of stand where I'm sitting for the race, you will see... If you just, you just walk up the stairs quickly, you'll just see a grown man sobbing himself to death <laughs> in his chair until they tell me and force me to leave. I think um I think Rins is gonna win at Silverstone. 
Really? Jesus. And he'll, he'll find me in the crowd and he'll just stick his fingers. Can you imagine him runs over yeah. to Josh just gives him the middle finger? Like. <laughs> yeah. Just runs over and both middle fingers up and just a giant F you. <laughs> uh, real quick, between the three class leaders, so we have Acosta, Gardner, and Quattararo, who do you think has the most points? Who do I think has the most points? Yeah. Um, Gardner. Th- think about performances. Who do you think has the most points? It has to be Gardner, surely. They're all, aren't they all in the 170s? Gardner is on 197. Acosta's on 183, and is on 172. Come on. Like, yeah. I was expecting, like, you know, before I looked at what the numbers were, I'm like, Acosta has to have the highest number. He's just been so dominant. It's like, no, Gardner is beating him by yeah, I think, 14 yeah. points. I think by the battles that um, Gardner <laughs> and Fernandez have been having, you think that would have been a lot closer? Point, yeah. Like Gardner's points lower, but I guess Germany was a turning point for that one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But quite surprising that. But I can't think it just shows how competitive the top class is at the moment, I think. If the season yeah. were to end right now, the winner—you know how they do the picture of the, like the three class winners next to each other—it'd be two Red Bull Aho bikes and a Monster Energy Patron or Yamaha right in the middle. If Fabio wins a world title, oh my god, oh, oh, it'd be a good podcast. Just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so uh, going over to fantasy, which oh, whilst you're on oh, the boy. Uh, route to fantasy, just want to quickly mm-hmm. say I know we're not there yet, but I am like a kid at the minute with Silverstone I'm counting down the hours Yeah. Um, if anyone listening to this is going Silverstone please drop us a message or like you know anything like if you want to like meet up or anything like that it'd be great to see people or even if you don't want to like necessarily meet up if you just want to mention that you're there it'd be great to see people that like because I know we have a few British listeners and whatnot. it'd be Mm. great to hear from people that are going or even if you go into a different race I just want to know if people are going to any races this year and whatnot. but um if Josh hasn't put a restraining order on me, it'd be great to actually finally meet a uh, co-host of the podcast. So <laughs> it's going to be weird because obviously it is. we spoke through a screen for so long. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's going to be so weird. There's I'll have my Suzuki top on for uh, To be honest with you, I might have my... I'll probably have a lot of Rossi shirts taken to Silverstone. So you'll probably... I say you'll see me from a mile off. You'll have to find me in the crowd of Rossi shirts, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you'll definitely I'll blend in. be the only one with all the Rossi. If I wear it in public um, now, I'm the odd one out, but I could substance and I'll blend in. So Are you yeah. are you camping? I am camping. I'm camping from Wednesday which, to Monday. Which one are you in? Which... I'm in um I can't remember which arm. Well, the thing I'm is in. when we booked, it was a case of it was only the golf camping, I think. Golf camping sort of thing. I don't know. We usually camp in um, what is it that we used to camp in? Oh, Woodlands is where we usually camp, which is by the end of Hangar Strait on the left. That's where we usually camp, but only recently have they opened it up, but we've already booked for all of our slots. So yeah, where, where are you where, camping? Where camping at that? Whittleby, Whittleberry Park Golf Course. Oh, so you're on the same, oh, on the same yeah, campsite. Yeah. Oh, oh, good stuff. We might have to do a podcast from the track. Yeah. <laughs> we might do a, a Twitter live thing or something. Oh, that'd be but... amazing, yeah. We'll have to look at doing something. We'll have to see if anyone's got any suggestions on what 
we could do or anything any suggestions would be great because it, it would be a wasted opportunity to not do it if it's feasible and it works yeah mm-hmm. um, i'll see what well, the signal when are like. you camping josh are you going friday to sunday or friday sunday yeah friday night yeah. saturday night and then back up on the sunday yeah i'm there but... first thing as the gates open at midday on wednesday <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding either Jesus. they open at midday on wednesday and i'm i'm going from brighton back home to derbyshire and then driving back down to Silverstone on the Wednesday at like 10. So I'll be there first thing as the gates open at 12 o'clock and they shut at midday on a Monday and I'll be leaving at midday on Monday to come back to Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment. Yes. Uh, moving over to fantasy real quick. Uh, Ant-Man Motorcycles is just kicking our asses and that's all we can do about it. Uh, yeah, he's... Um, he's- He's channeling the quantum realm stuff from the actual Ant Man and seeing into the future. Well, he's from of, Australia, um... so he's yeah, you know, <laughs> ahead actually, of us. Yeah, that's he is what actually. it is. <laughs> he's twelve hours in front, so he finds out the results and then <laughs> does like a, a time zone. He's like a VPN. Jumps yeah. to the UK, changes his team, then jumps back to Australia. He's like, oh my god, I've won. <laughs> well, the fact he had Jorge Martin and. Who else is his gold riders? I think. Quateraro is his gold riders. All oh, right, yeah. so he's done all right Mar- then, has he? Martin Quateraro as his gold, Ducati as his uh, manufacturer, with Juan Mir and Johan Zarco as his oh. silver. <laughs> like, how can you compete with that? <laughs> oh. uh, Matic Motorsports in second, Tiger Motorsports, Josh in third, Rins 1010, myself in fourth, Bono in fifth. Takanaka Wakagami in sixth, Danico Motorcycle in seventh, SO7 in eighth, Buffalo Bills in ninth, and Pandora's Box in tenth. Next year we should do like a um a prize for whoever wins it so we can get more people involved. Yeah. Maybe like good. a small, small prize. Yeah, just some little oh, Do you know what I mean? We, but like we have like an eleventh a... person. Triple seven six five or oh yeah, he's been 11. So we had somebody else join in? No, I think he's been there all along. I remember his name before. I've heard his, I've said his name before. Yeah. It's just like I had to click on load more to see him. Uh. Which I've never had to do that before. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll do like a, a prized thing next year if everyone's up for yeah. it. We can, uh, it's a long, long way away, but like yeah, maybe it's... it gets more people involved. Maybe more people want to do it and it makes it more worthwhile. Yeah, more um, viewers by then. We'll see. I think, yeah. you know, we could get an influx of viewers from the we Amazon show. Few, yeah, we could get a few. That's what I'm thinking. Nice. The Amazon thing. And we might be able to get a few people involved, like maybe Matt Dunn. Maybe we can get Matt involved, get him on the yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and a few other people. Who knows? But, but yeah. yeah. I'm, um, I can't wait for Silverstone. That's all I've got in my head be so good. <laughs> you guys got Silverstone in a couple of weeks. I have Moto America this weekend. So... Yeah. We're uh, we're leaving Friday evening. It's about an hour and a half drive up. We're getting a hotel about a half hour from the track, so we're going to go up to the hotel Friday evening, get down to the track. Um, gates open at like 8.30. We're going to get there at like 10, like right when uh, qualifying starts, because it's, it's more like World Superbike. Yeah. So you have like racing in different classes all day. Yeah. So... Yeah, my kids are all excited. They're, they've never been at a hotel before, so 
I would. Oh, uh, can you imagine? Like, I don't think it will happen because I'm there on Wednesday, so like we'll get all the slots in terms of positioning on the campsite that are pretty closer to the like closer to the the front. But like in a in an ideal world, can you imagine if we're right on like near to the end of the campsite? We're like, yeah, put us out the way, and then Friday night, Josh just pulls up next to me and he's like, yeah. Oh, hey, hope you're... <laughs> it'd be so weird, but yeah, I honestly, I have not shut up about it for the last month, and now that it's like two weeks till I go home, which is the week before Silverstone, I just cannot wait. I just, the it's the just only thing is, about Silverstone weekend, is it, it's either blistering hot or torrential yeah. downpour the yeah, whole we're weekend. We're British, though, so we're used to so, it. I mean, I, but I, like I'm I, feeling like it's going to be the latter this year. Yeah. Um, I've been at both times. I went 2017 and it was scorching hot from Wednesday through to Monday. It was one of the best weekends you could have ever asked for, for a British Grand Prix. I went the following year and oh, yeah, it, yeah. it rained all weekend and the race got cancelled. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I know uh, the WTF1 people were there uh, a couple weeks ago. They said it was like one of the hottest races they've ever been to. So, yeah, but F1 mm. have it in like the start of July and we have it at the end of August. So we, in British terms, we get it worse. Like the weather tends to be worse at the end of August than it does at the start of July. Right. But it's British summertime, so it could rain all July and August. So like Josh says, you never really know, but you assume it's going to be torrential downpour. Yeah, so mm. uh, I think that about does it for the week. Yeah, on, on an unrelated note, I will just point out the whole city at top of the championship. So <laughs> I knew you were going to get us. I knew something was coming <laughs> in with that because I saw it. I was at work when Hull and Derby were playing and I saw Hull were winning by like obviously goal difference wise. And I was like, I just know if Josh is on the podcast when we do it, I was like, I know he's going to say something. <laughs> I'm just, I'm petitioning for the, for it to stop. Well, not to get too into oh, football, but as a Derby fan, I'm I just keep my mouth shut nowadays. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, oh. yeah, bikes, bikes, and bikes. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh, four Green Rovers are in third. So, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> so random. <laughs> yeah, so random, yeah. Yeah. Well, what team does the American guy follow? Uh, a team in League Two. <laughs> but yeah, that is um, that is it. So as Matt said, be sure to follow us all on Twitter and join the Discord if you want to join that. Get involved in the conversation on there. Feel free to leave a review on the podcast and all that good stuff. And Matt? And with that, keep the throttle pinned.